0: Well, good, morning. good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. Uh, before we begin our worship, first a word of congratulations to Mike Hunsinger, who is our chili cookoff champion this year. So, congratulations to Mike. He won a, a pendant necklace that he was supposed to wear this morning, but I don't see it. Is it on? All right, he's got it. So. So you can check that out on him after the service, or during the piece. Uh, just a reminder, another chance for fellowship and to be together. We will have a game night in a couple of weeks on February 19th. So again, you're invited to spend time with us and hang out and have fun together. Uh, just a reminder that our Bible study will continue on Wednesday. We will look at 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 begins with wives accept the authorities of your husband. So if you're looking for an early Valentine's date, husbands, uh, studying 1 Peter chapter 3 might do the trick. So come out and learn of scripture with us and, and discuss it with us. Are there any other announcements for the congregation? Any prayer requests that you have? Yeah,
1: I have two. Carolyn Rick has passed away and Dana Staley's having open card on Wednesday.
0: Dana Staley's having surgery Wednesday oh, okay. and Carolyn, yeah. Yeah, Steve. Oh, yeah. Dr. Nancy's having surgery on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, remember Nancy and your prayers as well. Yeah, Gary.
2: Uh, my wife
0: Rose is in the hospital. They found that she
2: had a fractured spine. And uh, there's a good chance that sometime this week, they're going to do a procedure to try to cement the thing back together. And then also, I got word last night, a good friend of mine, uh, Paulette Rath. She had a massive heart attack. She's in St. Rita's intensive care. But they discovered there's no brain activity. Of the family's going to have a pulled.
0: So keep, keep yeah, keep Rosie in the prayers and Paulette and her family. Yeah, Marcel.
1: I just want to thank God for the uh, blessing the couple from the Hairdocket area that had the plane crash in Florida.
2: Yeah. A small plane there, a small plane. And they actually drove home the night after.
0: Yeah, wow. and yeah, we'll keep them in our <clears throat> prayers as well. All right. Well, if there are no other requests, I'll invite you then to take a moment to prepare your hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we We confess confess that we are captive to sin. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord God, with endless mercy, you receive the prayers of all who call upon you. By your spirit, show us the things we ought to do and give us the grace and power to do them through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: First reading is from Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob their sins Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness And did not forsake the ordinance of their God They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? look You serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicators shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, and if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, Then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom will be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places, and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations, You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to live in. The word of the Lord. (coughs) We'll read responsibly Psalm 112, verse 1 through 9. Hallelujah, happy are they who fear the Lord and have great delight in God's commandments. Wealth and riches will be in their house, and their righteousness will last forever. Life shines in the darkness, right. the righteous are
2: merciful and full of compassion.
1: It is good for them to be generous in lending and to manage their affairs with justice.
2: they will never be shaken, the righteous will be kept in everlasting remembrance.
1: They will not be afraid of any evil rumors. Their heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their heart is established and
2: will not shrink until they see their desire upon their enemies.
1: They have given freely to the poor, and the righteousness stands fast forever. They will hold up their head with honor.
2: The wicked will see it and be angry. They will gnash your teeth and my away, and the desires of
1: second reading is from 1 Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also, no one comprehends what is truly God's except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, the word of the Lord.
0: The Holy Gospel, according to Saint Matthew. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments... And teaches other to do the same, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, who are you? And who are you really? So most of us wake up in the morning and take on the day, hoping that not everyone is going to see us for who we really are. Because really, we want the world to see us at our best. Not who we get up out of bed being. Right? We want the world to see us after we've had our two cups of coffee, after we've brushed our teeth, after we've gotten dressed. We want them to see us when we have it all together. There are times where we are like the Wizard of Oz. We want our neighbors and co-workers and friends to see us when we project strength and competence. But let's not pull back the curtain to show the world who we really are. Because who are we really? And doesn't matter. Well, Jesus deals with this question, and I think he has an answer to this question. Jesus says, you are, you are the salt of the earth, and you are the light of the world. Well, Jesus is continuing in the spirit of the Beatitudes that we heard last Sunday. And you'll remember we said that the Beatitudes are not prescriptive. Jesus doesn't say, blessed are you, If you act like a meek person, blessed are you if you show mercy. Instead, Jesus makes declarations about who is in the kingdom. And most importantly, Jesus tells us who he has come to be for us. He has come to be the meek one for us, he has come to be the persecuted one, the pure in heart for our sake. Well, in today's gospel, From the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is continuing this very idea. Jesus is not giving us conditionals. He doesn't say, if you follow all the rules, then you are the light of the world. Nor does he say, if you wake up in the morning in a good mood, feeling great and friendly and helpful, then you are the salt of the earth. Instead, Jesus simply says, you are. That's a present description of your identity. As soon as you wake up, as soon as your feet hit the floor in the morning, whether you're caffeinated or not, that's you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And most of us probably can confess that we don't wake up feeling like God's gift to the world. If you do, more power to you. But most of us wake up knowing the challenges of the day ahead and piecing together whatever task await us. And so how is it that Jesus can so confidently say about us that we are the salt of the earth? We are the light of the world. Well, the second part of our reading offers some help. Jesus says he did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. He says he has come to fulfill them. That is, he has come to complete them. In other words, he has come to live out everything they prescribe. Every truth that the Old Testament speaks of is made complete in Jesus Christ. Every commandment that we receive in the Old Testament, Jesus fulfills completely. And so it seems that Jesus was anticipating an objection. And so the objection that he was anticipating is this. Well, Jesus, how can you call your disciples salt of the earth and light of the world? They don't follow the law perfectly. How come these fishermen, these common men who follow you are salt and light? How come the scribes and the Pharisees, the ones who really know the law well, who really know the Bible, how come they're not salt and light? Why are these men who follow you? What's special about them? And so Jesus is telling us that we are made righteous by his righteousness, right? He calls his disciples among the common men, among fishermen, among the regular men of Galilee, precisely for that point, not because there's anything special in them, not because they know the law better than anyone else, not because they're more gifted than anyone else, but because they rely on him. And we cannot keep all the law. We know that. We cannot live without sin. We do sin. We are sinners, and we confess that every week. But our confession is that Christ does live without sin. And so Jesus has lived out the law perfectly for us so that we are truly free to be salt and light in this world. And so when you wake up in the morning, you are the salt and the light because of what Jesus has done for you. And that's good news because it means you're entirely free to love and serve your neighbor. Even if you don't feel holy, you don't feel adequate, Jesus is telling us we are. It doesn't matter if you know you are a sinner in need of God's mercy, because certainly you are. But that doesn't disqualify you from being salt of the earth. It's what Christ has done for you that declares you to be the light of the world. That's exactly what your baptism was all about. In fact, in our baptism services, we read this part of the gospel text to the person being baptized. We light a candle using the Paschal candle, and we say, let your light shine so before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Right? Because when you are baptized, you are made the light of the world. And the candle that we hand out symbolizes this. But the light of Christ's resurrection, the light of Christ's perfection becomes the light that you reflect when you're baptized. When you live as a Christian, you're reflecting his perfection. And that's God's promise to you. He makes you the light of the world because in your baptism, he unites you to his son. And so you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Like salt, you bring out the good flavors of the world. You improve and enhance the world around you. Like light, you shine goodness into this world. You dispel darkness. You reflect the glory of God in your life, and you bring hope into brokenness in this world. You do that. But nearly all of us, I think, will object because all of us know that we are inadequate sinners. We know that we can be grumpy We know that we are often curmudgeons, that we have no interest in shining light in this world. We can be so easily annoyed with our neighbors, and there are so many times where we just want to be left alone. There are times when, whether we like it or not, we are selfish and self-serving, and there are times where we just feel insignificant. You know, what good do we bring to the world? We can think that we are nobody special, There's nothing important in us. There's nothing we really need to bring to the world. And we all experience those feelings and those doubts. But the truth is, what Christ is telling us, you are salt and light. Regardless of your self-esteem, regardless of your doubts, regardless of what you believe about yourself, you are salt and light. And you're salt and light not because there is anything uniquely special in you, You're not salt and light just because you have unique gifts and talents that no one else has. You're not salt and light because you have a sunny disposition, nor are you salt and light because you're especially holy, but you're salt and light because you are united to Christ in your baptism. You are salt and light because in your baptism God gave you the Holy Spirit, and he's the one who has given you faith and grows it in your heart. And so everything you do in this world out of faith, all of that, which helps your family, helps your neighbor, everything you do, being faithful to the God who made you, that is glorifying God. That is shining God's goodness into this world. It's reflecting his glory. One of my favorite pieces of writing for Martin Luther uh, is what, what he called, a little essay he called on the estate of marriage, or the goodness of marriage. And so Luther describes the glorious task God gives us in family life. So in Luther's day, menial tasks in family life were seen as unspiritual. And so in Luther's day, if you really wanted to be spiritual, if you really wanted to be close to God, then you needed to leave your family, leave your home, and go join a monastery. Spend your days praying and reading the Bible, and doing those kinds of good works, that's how you got to be really spiritual. Well, Luther pushes back on that. And Luther criticizes those who say that family life, things like rocking a baby, changing a diaper, cleaning a house, helping children with schoolwork, tending a garden, taking out the trash, all of those types of things are beneath the spiritual life. Luther says, that's not so. And so Luther instead says that for Christians, those kinds of tasks are actually the high point of our life of faith. So he writes, What then does Christian faith say to this? It opens its, eyes, it's opened its eyes. It looks upon all of these insignificant, distasteful, and despised duties in the spirit. And it becomes aware that they are all adorned with divine approval, as with costliest gold and jewels. It says, Oh God, because I am certain that you have created me as a man and have created my body and begotten this child, I know for certain that it meets with your perfect pleasure. I confess to you that I am not worthy to rock this little baby, to wash its diapers, to be entrusted with the care of this child, to be entrusted with the care of this child's mother. How is it that I, without any merit, have come to this distinction of being certain that I am serving your creature And your most precious will. Oh, how gladly will I do it. And Luther is saying that whatever task you undertake in your life, if it's done to serve one another, if it's done to serve God, then it's a truly blessed thing to do. And because Christ has redeemed you and He has claimed you, He has, in fact, redeemed your whole life. He has redeemed all the work you do, He has redeemed your vocations how you spend your time, how you make your money, those things are redeemed by Christ. Christ makes us salt and light. And so all of those little things that we often consider the drudgeries of life, all of those things that we think are insignificant are actually in God's eyes great spiritual works because we're doing them as ones united to Christ. They all point to God's care in this world. When God sees us serving one another, when he sees us going about our vocations, God doesn't see sinners doing those things, inadequate sinners. He sees Christ himself doing those things through us. The ELCA has a motto that it's used for years, God's work, our hands. In our identities as ones united to Christ, as the salt and light in this world, we share in God's work. And so when we go about our lives, we go about it as salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And so Christ here encourages us. He wants us to know that we are to go about our work and our life cheerfully and courageously because he has redeemed us. Amen. Together, let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. Let's pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, you delight to loose the bonds of wickedness and undo the straps of the heavy yoke that freed from sin's bondage, we may receive your blessings. Preserve us from the lie that you are a cruel oppressor and give us thankful hearts to rejoice that you are the giver of all good gifts who makes us salt and light. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, preserve your church by your life giving word. Open the lips of pastors to declare your just decrees and store them up in the hearts of your people. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, according to your wisdom, you established rulers for this age for a time. Remember Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor, and all of those you have placed in authority. That they might fulfill their duties with wisdom lord in your mercy in your holy father cause healing to spring up speedily for the sake of your son have mercy upon those who suffer afflictions especially steve owen tom charlie Marcel, tony elsie sam jack John, Marilyn, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Lisa, Leah, Dan, Dana, Nancy, and Paulette. Preserve them and all your people in faith until the day when your light breaks forth like the dawn. Lord, in your mercy. O God, in Christ, your righteousness goes before us, and your glory is our rear guard. Answer our pleas for mercy this day in the gift of Christ's body and blood, and prepare all those who commune to receive him joyfully. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, send forth your Holy Spirit, that delivered from the spirit of this world, we may hold fast in faith to what you freely give us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Who lives and reigns with you and the holy spirit one god now and forever amen, amen. now the peace of the lord be with you always
2: and also with you
0: God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, to give our and praise. it is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and Merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering therefore his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God. Please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you, and in fervent love toward one another, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Peace, serve the Lord.